Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Ask Danny podcast. Hey, this is a very special one because how often are you able to sit and talk with someone that's 100 years old? I recently was able to celebrate his 100th birthday with him. It's my Uncle Rex. Uncle Rex, welcome to the Ask Danny podcast. Thank you. Hey, we're looking forward to talking to you about uh, everything. And, of course, this is a, a bit in honor of Veterans Day. And certainly Uncle Rex has a lot of stories about uh, his time that he served in War, World War II. Some of these stories we can't tell because they, they're 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 well, fun stories. That's right. Some of them we have to keep uh, under wraps. But we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And we really appreciate all of the veterans and all of your service and everything that you've done. But we want to kind of go back a little chronologically here, Uncle Rex. And uh, even though I know the answers to a lot of these questions, but why don't you just start out by telling us where you were born? I was born in a little town in West Virginia, a little coal mining town called Middle Creek. Mm-hmm. Real small. Uh, we went through there. Not too long ago, just drove through there, and biggest biggest part of the, the coal company houses are tore down now. And it's a very small, small place, but that's where it all started. From there, we moved to Rhonda, still in West Virginia, uh-huh. still in the coal mine, because my father was a coal miner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my father got injured real bad in a coal mine accident, and he was never able to back coal mines and he, he we, we moved to a little town called East Bank. Mm-hmm. We lived there. I, I went to grade school, high school, and then in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the Navy in 1942, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember you telling me a story about you helping uh, your father uh, build the house, a house that I've visited many, many times, of course, my grandfather. But um, tell me a little bit about uh, the the house you guys built and uh, kind of an innovative and necessi- necessary way of getting some of the lumber that you guys used. Well, we, we were a real poor family, and Dad uh, negotiated this well, no Coke uh, company place. It wasn't where we were born or anything like it. He heard about it, and he bought the uh, Two old coal company houses. We tore them down, took all the nails out of them, and loaded them up and brought them back to East Bank where he had purchased a small lot, 50 by 100. And he used this, this lumber to frame the house. Of course, he had, uh, when he got the house framed, we had, he had to buy a siding to put on mm-hmm. it and like, make it look halfway livable. <laughs> but now we, we built that house. In the winter time, and we lived in uh, tents. Wow! Yeah. And it gets cold. In, it gets cold in West Virginia. Yeah, in West Virginia, uh-huh. and it had tents for us. They had heat in theirs. We didn't have heat in the tent. We we were sleeping at night. <laughs> we slept under the feather feather ticks. It was so cold. Oh but man! We built the house, and that's a house that. Uh, Rest of the kids was born then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it lasted a long, long time. Maybe you remember Bernard and yeah. Juanita. Sure, sure. They, well, I, they were born. And I remember a lot of pictures taken in front of that house as we arrived and as we were leaving yeah. particularly. And uh, you had your big uh, big family out there many times in front of that old wood-sided station wagon. I bet you missed the old station wagon trips, huh? 
Oh yeah, yes sir. Well, you put a lot yes, of miles, sir. put a lot of miles yeah, on was, all of that. We were, we all lived in Florida. We was glad to see you when you come. And I remember one time you come, and Danny, or Mike, Mike said, "I'm going to climb them mountains, that high mountain there." Before I leave here, your daddy said, "If you do, you're going to whoop your butt." So y'all took slipped off and went anyhow. You and me and Bernard, mm-hmm. and we climbed to the top of that mountain. It was a tall one too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it, I don't. You know, I think we're going to whoop his butt and he got home, but he didn't do it there at home. But we did that. <laughs> and we got back safe. Yeah, that was a. Uh, we didn't want any more walking or, or mountain climbing after that. I remember. I remember that well, and I remember how well those apples tasted. I couldn't believe that you could have an apple tree in your yard and you could climb up and get apples and eat them. I thought that was the greatest thing. Yeah, I great. I remember that. Yeah, that was quite <laughs> quite a feat to have y'all. So so now moving on to the Navy and talking about this, and of course we could go on and on and on for a long time, but kind of take us through that uh, time. What made you decide to get into the Navy? Where did you sign up? Uh, early days, basic training, that kind of thing, things that I never was in the military, but I've talked to many people over the years, and they always remember each and every one of those days during that early part of service. So tell us about yours. Well, you know, so many of the boys have been drafted and my friends, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to go because I helped my mama raise her kids and mm-hmm. little kids, and uh, so I I went to Charleston and and signed up, but in two weeks I uh, I was on the way. Wow! And we got on a train in Charleston, and. Uh, we rode the train to Cincinnati and train, changed trains and I took my training in Jacksonville, Florida, Naval Air Station. Hmm. And we they, that train drove right into the station there and we unloaded right there and they took us right uh, just a day or two, buddy. We was training to go out to wow. the big, big, big thing. Wow. And uh, we, uh, when I, uh, when we come, they, they were needing people so bad that I only had three weeks training. It was scheduled for three months. I had three weeks training is all I had. Wow. And I went to a little town called Lake City. You, I'm sure you're familiar with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. They, uh-huh. they were building a, a new uh, building air, air station there, mm-hmm. air base, air, Navy Air Base training base. And that's where I went from there. It was there about uh, about a year, and then uh, we went aboard. We were supposed to go to aboard, aboard this ship, the Bonhomme Richard. Mm-hmm. But what we we did, we was there for about five months before we went to sea. Oh wow! The ship wasn't completely built. Huh. It was built, but we was outfitted, making sure it was outfitted, and everything. Mm-hmm. So when they was taken, was going for a shakedown cruise. Went out that river where they, they miscalculated the height of that carrier and the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh. It wasn't going to fit underneath that. So they wow. had to take the, the superstructure off the top, the, the radar stuff off the top, and they had to wait till completely low tide to get that ship underneath that bridge. Wow. And then went, went <laughs> over across the bay to Bayonne, New Jersey. And that's where they put the the 
superstructure back on under radar to find it. Had to fine tuning, put it all up on account of take going to sea and then bad may have battles with submarines and things. Yeah, so this is this actual uh, aircraft carrier then, right? Aircraft yes. carrier. Wow. CV thirty one. Unbelievable. I, I was on one recently at the U, uh, USS Midway out in San Diego, and everybody, you just have no idea how big that structure is when you walk from one end to the other of that thing. It is, it's quite a structure. Yeah, I'm sure it is. See, ours, ours was the biggest and the biggest they made at that time. It wow. was the Essex class, and they had, they had several of them built before mm-hmm. the war was over. And we went on a shakedown cruise, and when they do that, they 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 t- test it out. They they get that thing going as fast as it'll go, and mm-hmm. put it in reverse as fast as reverse. They're trying to tear it up to see if it was built right. Right, sure. And they yeah. they was bolts. You could hear bolts popping in the crack where they wasn't <laughs> fixing it very good. And they had, of course, fix it again when they come back when we come back on a shakedown cruise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, we, and then uh, so where was, uh, where was your first uh, direction from from there? Um, where did where did you go from there? If you remember, we went from there. We went we went through the canal. Oh, the Panama Canal, and when we went through the Panama Canal, while we would we picked up some recruits in uh, San Diego that we was taken to Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, mm-hmm. and uh, when we were we was out. We had about I I don't know. I think about two thousand. I believe it was recruits we took there. Well, wow. I remember. Anyhow, mm-hmm. we we was on our way out to to, to Pearl Harbor, and about uh, four, five, six, seven, eight hours on our way out, a big storm come up, and we was at the chow time, and then and, and <laughs> young boy, well, me either. I hadn't been out like that. And that them waves just didn't work well with your belly. Oh boy! Bombs and right in her plates. <laughs> man, <laughs> oh man! And I, we finally I, got I, that straightened out and got them got them to Honolulu, mm-hmm. and that's where we picked up our air group in Honolulu. Mm-hmm. And that then from Honolulu, I don't remember exactly how long we was there. Not more than probably a day or two, maybe three. Oh, hmm. and we were heading out to the battle area. With mm-hmm. her, with her flight crew, hmm. her actual actual fighter planes, and flight bombers ahead on her. So everything we, was we fully equipped, and all the airplanes on, all the personnel on, all the good gourmet food that you got to eat all the time. All that was uh, was ready to go. Oh yeah, and we would, and we went went out and joined the third fleet. Hmm. Bull Halsey. Admiral mm-hmm. Halsey was in charge of the third fleet, and we joined that. And they, of course, welcomed us and all that stuff. And we 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 was after them then. Yeah, they was mad. And, we we uh, we they made us mad too, and we was a fight the heck out of them. <laughs> so so where did you go then? I should know more about my history than I do. But uh, where where was the fleet headed? Well. We knew we knew that was all secrecy or a lot oh, of stuff. Wow. We just, the, the fleet commanders all knew all that stuff. We, we all we did was to land the guns and and stop any bullets from heading our way. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, how was it? I know you spent a lot of time on there. How was it? Uh, what was the most inconvenient thing or the thing that uh, was just the most uncomfortable um, other than, you know, the unknown of what was a lot, lot, ahead, lot, lot ahead? But what are some of the things there that uh, was not a whole lot of fun being on a ship? Well, you know, there was about 5,000 men on that ship because that's a compliment. That's that's big as a lot of cities. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, we we joined naturally the, the third fleet, and there's a lot. See how they had they had the seasoned sailors. Sailors had already been in combat, and uh, it was training us more or less to what to be. But I, I first when my first job when I went on there was to what to call a damage control. I was down below decks. And if it, if it had any damage, we were to repair them or have them repaired. And I didn't like being down there and all the shooting going on up above. I wound up or more into action. I wasn't, uh-huh. having, wasn't young, and I was young and wasn't scared of nothing then. But mm-hmm. anyhow, went up there and then I, I, they finally put me on on a gun. I was on a what they call a quad forty hmm. aircraft gun, and I was a what hmm. they call a loader. They was conveyor came up. And the, the the shells were six of them in a package, and you took them out off that conveyor and put them up there where you could get to them closer to when the, when the, when you when you shoot where you just reach to your left and get them put them right in the, in in the magazine rack where they feed them over the mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. And they, the shooting was controlled by well something like a remote control and with gunner station or what it was. Mm-hmm. We didn't shoot the guns. We 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 all we did was load them. Oh, they was aimed by by your aim your your gun control that the at the target. You know, mm-hmm. and every fifth shell was a was a tracer. You could tell what uh, where you was hitting the plane or how close you was hitting the plane or how much oh, wow. adjustment they had to do. Hmm. And at one time, uh, the fighting was so intense. And when we was firing so much that the barrels just went over like it just melted Whoa. right like that. And they wow. had uh, they had just ones on the side, extra pairs, you know, and mm-hmm. they just threw them overboard, put that new ones on, had another new ones brought up in case we did. But that's the only time we ever that they ever did that. But but we were they was wow. we were firing pretty rapid then. Wow. So, so you were kind of on call the whole time. You never knew it. One o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the afternoon, when you'd have to man that gun in a in a hurry. You they had a they had what to call uh, uh, alert when you got to alert. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that, that, and then they they rang a, a certain ring on a on a bell. You know the bells having the mm-hmm. general quarters when general quarters rang that bell rang. You you had to get. Uh, we were down probably about four decks. We had to come up through the little holes, like your body we had to go through holes on, on things. It went on up to top of the ship, up to the flight deck, where our mm-hmm. gun station was. Hmm. Well, I imagine there's and a then lot we started, of. Then we started uh, firing yeah. at them. Wow, it's just amazing. It's hard for someone to even uh, visualize that. You know, you you see the movies and you see some of the films from the wars, but when you hear it from uh, someone that's been there and done that, it's a whole 
different um, aspect of it. So, of course, history tells us how how everything ended up. Thank thank goodness, and for fortunate you know so fortunate that you were able to make it through. I know a lot of your your friends and um, fellow servicemen you know didn't make it through that, and um, we can all look yeah. back on that. But as it moved along, and as the years went along, were you able to communicate very much with your family? I mean, uh, there's certainly couldn't pick up your cell phone and call them like we can these days, but um, were you able to get any letters to them, or um, did you were you able to receive letters along those those times? Well, yes, we had what to call air mail, and uh, well, see, she wrote her just regular straight letters. They were free; you just put on her free postage free in huh. the corner up where the stamp goes. Mm-hmm. You just put that, just write free across that. Well, if you. It took forever for to get there because they had to take it off our ship to another sh- other to put it on other ships, another ship, and then to the states, and then of course it went by mail. It was all, but we it cost us air, air mail cost you six cents extra. Wow! So most <laughs> of the time we we uh, we sent an air mail um, air mail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so. So when you when, when you they, found out when you when you found out I guess you probably heard that things were going in a good direction for America and you started maybe hearing a few little um, you know possibilities that the war was winding up. Um, tell us about when you did finally get that word that the surrender had taken place and that you guys would be headed back to the states. How was that? Well, buddy, that was that was a great thing. <laughs> We, we was a. Uh, I was after the, the atomic bomb. Of course, was uh, two of them was. I was out there when it, when it dropped it. But uh, it 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 was dropped off of another ship, uh, uh, a ship just like ours, an aircraft carrier just like ours. But it was in the third third fleet. And two of them was dropped. I think two days apart or a day apart. But they, they and then they had an announcer. He was a regular, regular person. He wasn't a, he wasn't a Navy person, personnel, but he got all the information from the chiefs of the navies. And they, uh, uh, it, it just was so devastating. We knew after the we knew that when it was going to drop it or when they dropped it. Right after they dropped it, they explained how devastating it was, how many people was estimated how many was killed and what have you. Well, we knew then, of course, we knew then that the war was about over. It wasn't even announced then because uh, before that, uh, the fighting had kind of eased back because they they was running out of people or running out of uh, ammunition and stuff, probably. And uh, But it uh, we, we, we soon knew that it was. And I was also there when the our ship was there when it signed the peace treaty too. Wow, wow! Yeah, I've seen a lot of pictures of that. Uh, we right all of us had. Missouri. Uh-huh. Pardon me. I said a lot we of right people. Uh, Missouri when they when they signed it, signed it on the Missouri. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, that must have been a heck was, of a time. So, so they, well, so they turned. Feeling, I tell you that. I'll bet so. So they turned the ship around and you headed back to the states where. Uh, I know you were welcomed warmly. Where did uh, where did you actually come in to the states at? We come in the states at Alameda, California. Oh, oh, wow! Well, mm-hmm. and you had to come underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, we came underneath the Golden Gate Bridge, 
they estimated a hundred thousand people wow. <laughs> on that bridge. Wow. And they had horns and they had firecrackers and bombs that sound like bombs. Oh. And they had big bands playing and and people screaming. Wow. <laughs> it was, wow. It was we could come right underneath that bridge and it wasn't too far from there to Alameda where we where we docked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet there was a little celebration going on there uh, um, once you guys got oh, your foot back on the ground. Do that. You know, sailors didn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, Maybe you I talk- ought to tell you one little, little sure. tale before we get to that. Let's do it. Me and this, me and this sailor in, in Kona, Honolulu, we was on Liberty, and we would, they, they had, our ship was so large that they had to anchor it out, and they had to uh, take small boats to take it to when you're on Liberty. And uh, we would, got pretty well looped. We got on that boat, and we pointed, that's our ship right there, you know. We got on it, walked up a flight that, the plank to that, had our ID cards, and we slowed them. And so, then, and so he said, well, sailor, said, you're right Navy, but the wrong ship. Oh, <laughs> said, no, no, no. There's <laughs> another ship there, the same kind like we had. The only, see, you only didn't have numbers or names on them, but besides the ship, it didn't have it. It just had numbers. Yeah. It was USS Hancock. Was It was in there, and we got on the wrong ship. And he <laughs> said, yeah, stay right there, and I'll get you where you're supposed to go. <laughs> well, they're all painted gray. I guess they do all look alike, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite Navy stories. Man, oh man! Well, I bet that happened to more than just you, because uh, you yeah, know everybody I'm just sure going. Did. And I imagine they let it, let you let you turn loose pretty good in in Liberty, with considering you know what you guys had been through. So that's uh, you know that another, is, another thing that we we had, like we went on on leave there in the, the Liberty there in in uh, Honolulu, and they. We we went we, we got some pineapples and got a sack of pineapple to carry aboard with us. Uh huh. They wouldn't allow you to take them aboard because they afraid they might have been tam- contaminated with some kind of stuff which would kill you. You know. Oh. So we just threw, huh. them, over, threw them. They made them. He, they threw them overboard in the ocean. Huh. I'll be darned. <laughs> the same way when we was on a shakedown cruise or the when we was on a shakedown cruise into to uh uh oh. Anyhow, about mm-hmm. what? No. What? 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 what uh, anyhow, we, we we got a stock of bananas to, uh, to bring back aboard. Mm-hmm. They made it. They just throwed them overboard. They wouldn't let us bring them aboard. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they were just protecting you. Well, I know over the years you've had a lot of um, uh, fun and uh, certainly. Uh, it's been very important, you being a veteran. But you're, at a, you're in St. Louis right now. Tell us about this special event that you're at. I think this is so cool that they do these kind of events. You wouldn't believe how nice they have been. Mm-hmm. I'm the only World War II vet. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for crying. It's all right. But, uh, it's really wonderful. It's really wonderful. Well, I, I I heard they treated you like a superstar yesterday. Got your picture, and and you you never been shy about putting your arm around a girl and uh and getting your picture taken. Oh no, no, no! I even turned my cheek 
till I got another chief making me get both of them. Buddy. <laughs> I don't, I don't blame you. you. Get my old, get my old. You don't turn down things like that, you know. <laughs> so, so, it, so it's, it it. you would not so, believe he put me in front of the line, mm-hmm. to keep the child line to get things, and he introduced the people. They did, boy, they clapped real, real, real loud. Oh man! Well, they should. But you feel good. Yeah. Well, they should. And- feel real good. And and this was this is a, a reunion uh, of that actual aircraft carrier. Is that right? Yes, but see, not not the one I'm on because this they had they had the two other carriers that they throughout the time that they have that they have named our Aftars. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. You see, our, our our carrier it didn't have it only had prop planes. We didn't have jets or helicopters. Mm-hmm. It only mm-hmm. only prop planes. I got you. Mm-hmm. And they had another one. They took our ship and wanted to, to put an angled deck on it where they could take off both straight down and then on angle off the side too. Mm. But they could not land the planes on the angled deck. It's just a correct to 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 mm-hmm. let them take off on. Right. And. Uh, then, then they, they, then they made one a nuclear one out of got now, hmm. out out now. Well, that's a that's a great gathering. I, th- I think it's fantastic that organizations keep that going. And one of the best um, organizations along these lines that certainly pay tribute to a lot of veterans like yourself is the Honor Flight. Um, boy, I've heard a lot about that and a lot of positive things. I think I have. Is that the right term, Honor Flight? Yeah, I've uh, was it five years ago, Peggy. Yeah. Honor flight. Five years ago, I was on an honor flight, and you would not believe it. We went to one to Washington, and they had what they call a guardian that takes you a group. They were what they had had the eight group, four or five groups, and they explained different things in Washington. Said they see they'd been there. I had the one that one was on. I'm the group I was in. He was a Naval Academy graduate. His name was Dave Chilton, and Boy, he was he was a one. You never met a nicer man than him. And he uh, he he took my medicine and put it in the thing. And he, but he he made me take my medicine when that thing when that said and water. I had to have, to have a bottle of water every so often because it was hot. And he, I mean, the weather was hot. And he made me take so much water every every so every every thirty minutes or half hour, hour whatever. But but uh, when one of us sad thing there went after two weeks after the honor flight was back back why well, they they found him dead in bed or whatever he was a nice nice guy really one of the nicest persons ever my buddy Heath when we came back they had a, a little dinner for us that that we came back from from, the, from that flight from that on that flight honor flight they're in the uh, Washington D.C. and but he went and got my meal and brought it right to me and wanted to know if I wanted anything else and all that stuff. He my was, goodness, wow! Well, he he, he served his last he served his last few days doing it probably exactly what he wanted to do and serving it exactly yeah, the way he I, wanted to. He was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. Now you made you made a very special friend um, with a a young lady. I understand. I can't remember if she was from North Carolina or where was. The young lady that uh, became your good oh, friend. She was my. That, that was that was something. They, I was 
at the uh, VFW Memorial, and I was showing the people my memorabilia from shipping the people there, and they gathered around. Quite a few people were gathering around. Well, pretty soon that crowd started spreading like that. A little girl, about nine years old, come up, and she sat on my lap, <laughs> put a big kiss on my cheek, and she said, can I be your, will you be my pen pal? Oh, boy. <laughs> so right today, we talked to her just a few, just a day or two before we come out here on this thing. Mm-hmm. They, they are still, and we're going uh, next next week or week, week or two, we're going to, we're going to go down there and have a couple of days with them. Oh, boy, that's good. That's fantastic. They, they, they were so, been so nice to him. Well, you know, um, people talk about um, nowadays, kid around about, you know, birthday uh, weekends, birthday weeks, and then they try to make a birthday months. you got a birthday year going on here that you've been having all these gatherings, which you deserve every one of them. And I was I was fortunate enough to be there in uh, Logan, Ohio, with you a few weeks ago. And uh, I've been telling some of, <laughs> some of my friends about it, how I was sitting there talking to someone, and this gentleman that you introduced me to, I believe his name was John, and you said, this is my handyman that helps me out with a few things. And he was talking about some of the things that y'all had done. And John said, yeah, I'll tell you, old Rex, he's a good fella. I, I hope I can live as long as he has, but I got 10 more years. Wait, wait a minute. A 90-year-old handyman. Now, just something about that just made me laugh. And, of course, he seemed like he was in good shape, and he certainly loved loves you and loves uh, uh, piddling around on some of the projects around your house there. Well, I tell you, I, I looked over there this spring, and he he was uh, power washing his house. He was up on a ladder in the gable ends, and that that going ladder shaking like, and I, I I hollered at him. I said, "You crazy? Then get down out of there!" He said, get right on, buddy. Yeah, now he is something. Mr. Fixit. Yeah. Mr. Fixit. What? Mr. Fixit. Oh, we call him Mr. Fixit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I can he, see why. He, 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 he's, a, he's a Air Force uh, retiree. Mm-hmm. He retired from Air Force. So let's talk about some something else that you know just a little about, uh, growing tomatoes. Tell me how all of that started, because I can remember as a kid, uh, you would come visit. I was just a little fella, and I could remember just waiting for you to go back out to the car and bring in a shoebox. And in that shoebox was two tomatoes, because that's all that would fit in it. How do you figure out how to grow these gigantic tomatoes that you're famous for? Well, I learned that from my father. Mm-hmm. My father, he 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 liked to grow them beefsteak, and I don't like them. I like big boys or anything. But he, we, I tell you, we he we, we get horse manure, pour water in it, make us kind of a soupy like, and you know what they call that soup. Yeah, <laughs> and we pour it right around that. So I've I've, I've carried that. All the, all these years, and it helps and work works good. Well, um, I put out about forty plants this year, and staked them, and I took them to the, to the senior building and to the moose, and then people would fight over them. Oh, they loved them. <laughs> well, well, well. One of your 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 great daughters, Peggy, who you spend a lot of time with, sent me a video. Uh, now, this wasn't that long ago, and he was out on a rototiller. Now. 
He was 99 years old, rototilling around the tomatoes. Like, what? 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 Get, get out of my way. I've got to get these tomatoes straight. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting that uh, you can still get out there and dance with that rototiller. Yeah, they even taught them how to, how to run that. And another one little thing, one day, uh, Annette, that's my youngest daughter, mm-hmm. I was planting the tomatoes. And I was down on my knees going up the road, packed the tomatoes. She said, Daddy, Daddy, look. And about four, five, six feet behind me, black snake was crawling up right behind me. Oh, boy. I don't know where it was going or what it was going to do, but I was getting at my tomatoes. I didn't like that. I had to eat. I just, just planted them. Oh, man. We, we, we took care of that deal. <laughs> Well, now, I also understand that they won't let you mow grass much anymore. Tell, tell us about how you, you snuck out, you got, you got the keys to your lawnmower, and it's not funny, but it is nowadays, but um, you had a little, uh, little uh, uh, um, clash with an air conditioning system. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was mowing out by the air conditioner, and then I had to, had to put it in reverse and pour it in reverse to get closer to it, you know. Well, I got the wrong wrong gear. I had it in, in forward instead of reverse, and I climbed up the side of that deck on air conditioning and turned over on top of me. Peggy was gone, and then nobody next door was there. Here I am, lawnmower on top of me for about oh a half hour, forty five minutes. I couldn't get it off. And pretty soon, I heard that man next door coming. I hollered at him. He got he didn't have but one arm. <laughs> out there and got that, got that elephant, that rotator off the top of it. I wasn't hurt that bad, but hurt my pride. Hurt your pride, yeah. Yeah. And, and I bet I, you told your neighbor, said, hey, let's just keep this a secret between me and you. No need for the girls yeah. to know about that. But yeah, they want Peggy to know it, because Peggy don't, don't take things like that to me very well. <laughs> it doesn't, say, it doesn't sound me. like it. So, so, I'll um, tell you one little, hmm? one yeah, little thing ahead. about mm-hmm. She, she don't like me to drive at night. Don't like mm-hmm. me to drive at all, but not especially at night. And she went out on one of her signings. And I said, well, I'm going over to Moose. I got in the car and went over to Moose. Where her signing didn't go, she come back quicker than I expected her. And she, I wasn't there, and she knew where I was. And she called, <laughs> me, called over to Moose where I was, and a little girl bartender answered. She come back a while and she said, your babysitter said to tell my dad to get his ears <laughs> home. <laughs> babysitter. <laughs> hey, speaking he of the... Uh, She's about ready to whoop me. <laughs> speaking of the Moose Lodge, of course, you go up there and and have lots of friends there, enjoy playing bingo, but but what's going on with the big jackpot? I hear Peggy's got the jackpot. Your your special friend Selma has gotten the jackpot. What's going on? You don't have your lucky rabbit's foot anymore? What's going on? Well, I must have had something wrong. I was there when both of them met him. First time when Selma, she's 96 years old, and we we she didn't want to join the moose. So Peggy and I bought her one for Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the first two weeks it seemed like she won ten thousand dollars. It wasn't another week or two later she won five thousand dollars, and then a night or two later she won the, what they call the coverall, and that was a thousand dollars. $16,000 she won in about two weeks period. And I ain't Man. won nothing. Man. Only when I, I, I read the devil about, are you going to give me some of that money? She'll give me a dollar. 
<laughs> well, the next night, I, next night, I was bitching about that, you know, and she took the damn dollar away from me. Oh, aha, uh -huh, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, big mouth, I had a big mouth over. I couldn't, I broadcast when I should have been tuned in. <laughs> there you go. Well, I I tell a lot of people about you, and they just uh, I show your picture, and I recently uh, posted it uh, on Facebook, and I'd encourage anybody listening to the podcast to uh, check out on uh, today's homeowner Facebook page or Danny Lipford um, Facebook page as well, and you could see some of the fun we had at the at the get together and how good this guy looks. For he, like his T-shirt says in one of the pictures, it takes a hundred years to look this good. So I I can understand that, but but. Uh, I had on another night here. Yeah. <laughs> had last night here. But but one of the questions you must get probably every day, and I have to ask it for our listeners, is what do you contribute it to? What um what has allowed you to live such a long life? Well, I I never never smoked in my life. Mm-hmm. And I quit drinking about fifty years ago. I finally saw the light. My wife turned it on, you know. <laughs> yeah, she, you know, she, you know, my old Jean. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember well, and I could. Uh, I, I, you can't I'll, tell. You can't say what she she called you. No, no, we better not say that. But uh, she did have an, <laughs> a, an affectionate little name for me. So yeah. <laughs> she loved you. I tell you, that, buddy. Yeah, well, it was it was good, and it was so so good to be able to um, celebrate a little bit with you. I look forward to a number one hundred and one when we uh, get together again, and uh, maybe ride around in a car. Maybe we'll do a helicopter this year instead of a limo. Oh so. man, oh man! I tell you now, you you don't know how that made my how warm that made my heart. Oh, oh, oh it, it was absolutely wonderful, wonderful. As I've yeah. told so many people about that, but you kind of disappoint me the next day. I got up to go to church. The limousine wasn't out in my yard to take me to church. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't buy it for you. I just rented it for that one night. Oh, so you... okay, okay. I thought you water for me. I thought you were going to leave it there. <laughs> Hey, I've been looking forward to sitting down with you and talking a little bit about all of this. And I know in uh, um, sharing this uh, during Veterans Day and all the uh, thousands of people that will have an opportunity to listen to this and um, be able to think about all the stuff you've gone through, all the stuff you've seen over 100 years. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic time there in St. Louis. And I definitely look forward to, to um, getting together real soon with you again, Uncle Rex. Well, buddy, you don't know how much I love you. Well, I appreciate it. What you done this time is was wonderful, 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 buddy. Well, well, I, I had I've as much. Never been, never been treated so nice in my life, and it's 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 it filled it out down here. The people down here are doing the same thing. Well, you de you deserve you. it. Thank you deserve so it. You you've helped so many people over the years and raised a wonderful family. And uh, we all would um, get together and say we wish you a whole bunch of more years on this land. We will do that as soon as we can, buddy. Okay. Well, you take care. We love you, and you have a great trip. You know, I love you, and I love you and your family. Okay. God bless you and your family. God bless you, too. Thank you. Well, as you can see, Uncle Rex and I do love each other. We certainly love our country. You know, it's been great to sit here and talk with Uncle Rex. And how often do you get a chance to sit and talk to someone as coherent and as sharp as this guy is? It's 100 years old. It's incredible. Well, certainly a big 
thank you to all of you veterans that are listening and watching this podcast. We appreciate your service and we certainly appreciate you and happy Veterans Day.